the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Hour dos, right? Uno dos. Glad to have you guys here with me, particularly you guys that are sticking around and continuing to watch on uh, Facebook Live. We're on The Answer San Diego. We're on my Facebook Live, Andrea K. We're, I think we're even on Twitter. Love reading your guys' uh, comments there, so keep those rolling. You know what Tuesday at 7 p.m. means. It means news you can use segment with our friend and yours, Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law. You guys listen to him every day at Word on Wealth at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Hello, my dear friend. Hello, my dear friend. How are you, Andrea? I'm good. I'm going to put you on the spot. I just asked uh, Skins okay. um, during the break what his favorite Christmas song is. Do you have a favorite? Um, oh, I've, stu- I've, I've stumped Gary Quackenbush right out the I, gate. I have two favorites. I okay. mean, my my very my okay. So my new favorite and the kind of new ish is Mary. Did you know? Yeah, I think that's incredible. Yeah, and then um, and then I have it. It's oh my gosh, it's one by Kelly Clarkson underneath the tree, and I'm spacing on the. Uh, anyway. We can have skins Google it. The Kelly Clarkson Christmas yeah, yeah. song. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she does a good job. She's my wife's favorite artist. So oh, yeah. we love listening to Kelly. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, Mary Did You Know is one of my faves. And then, um, oh, I don't know. We, we've, I've been in a couple of Christmas, Christmas choirs so far this year. And so, like, I always now, oh, now I have my new favorite with this. I mean, Oh Holy Night is just like oh. one that makes my skin, you know, just go. It just, I just get the chills every time I hear it. And then you, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to listen to at Christmas time is Chuck. Um, I think it's, I can't remember his, his, his name is Chuck and I, it's um oh gosh huge on huge on whatever but he plays Oh Holy Night and he goes up three octaves oh. at the end oh boy it's crazy this wow guy, trumpet player world famous trumpet player anyway and so every time I hear those songs I mean that for me is Christmas I love Mannheim oh. Steamroller yeah. I love um you know the um, Trans Orchestra. I just asked you for one, Gary Quackenbush. I just asked you. <laughs> hey, Trans Siberian Orchestra is also really do. good. <laughs> just teasing. I, I jabber until I figure out really what my very, very favorite is. So my now it's Gary's right Christmas hour. Is, yeah. Where did you know? You know what? That's I. I don't know when that song came out. I just for, heard it in recent years myself. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. I had a great time Saturday. I was I was lamenting and, and complaining last week. I hadn't heard any carolers, and I happened to be out having dinner with a friend Saturday night and a group of young people that looked. Not one of them was over the age of of 30, probably, mostly mid-20s, singing classic Christmas songs, 
caroling and it just put me in the best mood. So thank you for I knew I knew even before asking you that you had that you loved Christmas music. I could just tell. So um, so thank you for sharing that. And you guys can share with me as well. Uh, email me at Andrea K Show. Let me know AndreaKShow.com. Let me know what your favorite Christmas song is or post it in the comments there on Facebook. All right, before we get into the news you can use, you always I, I always rely on you for a laugh with the wacky legal stories. What you got for us this week? Well, and I think this is kind of appropriate for the holidays is just know that when you're in Alaska up there traveling, it is illegal to be drunk in a bar in Alaska. So if you're going to get plastered, make sure you're, make sure you're out on the street or something like that. I guess they got to make sure, look, you know, in the winter up there, uh, they don't want to be having to deal with you. You wandering out and get lost somewhere and freezing in the snow. Okay. I would think that that may be, or getting, uh, having an encounter with a moose. I used to love that show, Northern Exposure. I don't know uh-huh. if you remember that show. They always had a show, yes. showed moose walking around. <laughs> yeah. Um, moose are, they're intimidating. They, yeah. They're some big creatures, man. Yeah, they are. Ugh. And they like walk around in the middle of the town. A friend of mine posted a video, by the way, oh, random funny. story. She's up in Tahoe and they're driving down the street and, the, and and there's a bear literally like two feet off the street, like in the middle of somebody's <laughs> front yard. I mean, that's, you know, that's just fr- wild animals roaming around is not my idea. They need to be in a zoo. Okay. If I'm going to observe them, I don't want to see them roam in my neighborhood. Um, okay. Okay. Andrea, you need to go to Alaska then for sure. We did we did an Alaskan cruise and we were up there and it was during um, when the salmon were doing their running thing. Uh-huh. And the rivers literally look like they were blood because there's so many salmon. <gasps> and there are these massive bears. And we're on this bridge and I could have tossed a rock, not thrown it, tossed it and landed on the back of this bear who's fishing and eating this fish. And then there's one right next to him. I'm looking at it like, wait a minute. I'm glad he likes fish because... There's all these people that are 30 feet away from this wild bear. Were you not scared? Fish. I mean, like, no. I would have been scared well, to no, death. Because he, he was not paying attention. He was just getting another fish to eat. And it, it's just really weird. It's like, I guess. I guess the fish are tasty and human beings probably are a little bitter. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like or, that. Look, if I'm in the middle of a Popeye's, two-piece all-white Popeye's with red beans and rice, you know, that I, I, my focus <laughs> is going to be on my Popeye's. It's not going to be on anything else. That's a good time to try to steal my purse, my wallet. All right, let's get into some news <laughs> you can funny. use. <laughs> Gary oh, Quackenbush. Okay. Um, I want to only talk about this briefly because y'all know how much I love Twitch. I got really oh upset gosh, talking yeah. about this story last week, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. You know how I feel. Email me. Call me. We care about you. We love you. Um, but I, y'all know I, how much I also think about you know families that are left behind in every situation. And so one of the things initially, because he was the breadwinner, of course, he had projects in the works, but they all centered around him, not his wife. And so initially, uh, of course, after I got over the shock, I was concerned for the family. And then I thought, well, you know, even even though he was the breadwinner, I'm sure he left a, a, a large life insurance policy. And then it dawned on me today that they, it may not have paid out, given that there was suicide. And I know that you're not an insurance agent, but you deal uh-huh. with estate planning. So what what do you know about life insurance policy payouts given suicide? It's very common to have a life insurance policy exclusion for suicide 
where it'll say in there literally if the death is a result of suicide, then the policy doesn't pay out. It's an exclusion to coverage. Um, I know that, I mean, any policy, even if they didn't have an exclusion, it would be some type of a time period exclusion. I mean, what they're trying to do is prevent, like if somebody goes and buys a big policy and then submit to suicide, it's like they don't want to be paying out those claims. So some policies, it's a matter of a number of years you know, then no matter what the death is a result of, you know, any type of death, they'll pay out. Um, but for the most part, like big life insurance policies, you have, you know, million, two million dollar policy, there's going to be um, a, some type of a suicide clause or exclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, I know recent um, from recent experience, I know that employer policies, the group plans, I thought they would pay out because it's like, well, they don't even care about pre-existing conditions but they do care about the suicide clause and they won't pay out even out of a company plan. Mm. So I, um, it, it, it's, it's sad because it, it kind of adds to the injury and to yeah. the mess and, yeah. you know, and, and we don't know why people, you know, get, you know, get to that point in their life where they submit to suicide and just, it's just, it's just impossible to understand. Yeah. But the, 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 what's left behind, I mean, obviously that's not something they're thinking about because, things just don't work out. It's just, it's a big mess and everything's so sudden and, and you're dealing with the guilt and all these horrible ranges of emotions and dealing with the mess. It's just a lot. lot Yeah. And, and I don't know that there's any way when it comes to estate planning to prevent that. You can't prevent that your spouse or loved one would take their own life. But I just knew that it was a quite, if I had the question, I knew some of my listeners had to have been questioning the same thing. Oh yeah, no. It's a, it's, a, it's a very common question, and, and that was kind of one of the first things that came to my mind when this friend of mine suicided. And I thought, I, you know, I wonder because he left a spouse and some debts and things. I wonder if there's um, anything to cover. And that's been the sad truth, is no. Yeah, um, I, I kind of thought I already knew the answer because if you follow, I, I follow true crime a lot, and Alex Murtock had hired somebody to to kill him so that he, you know, the the his life insurance policy. I don't know if you follow that story. Um, it's a crazy story out of South Carolina, um, but he he paid a handyman to shoot him um, so that so that his life insurance policy would pay off his surviving son, and the guy scraped scraped his head. And anyway, um, but I but I didn't know if this might be different given the wealth gap between Alec Murtaugh and um, and Twitch. So moving on from that, because I, I just loved, I'm still so upset over that story. Um, but thank you for talking about it. But we got to, let's move mm-hmm. on from that. We're talking to Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law in our News You Can Use segment. Okay, let's talk DIY, Gary Quackenbush. Now, I love DIY okay. as much as anybody. I love all these home mm-hmm. improvement shows. I watch stuff on Instagram. I've got a couple of accounts I love to, to that um, are about uh, the these gals that will buy furniture at a uh, or, or take home a piece of furniture from the side of the road and they'll rehab it and refurnish it and it looks amazing. That's mm-hmm. great for furniture, but it doesn't work in estate planning, does it? No, because with <laughs> with furniture you can go, you know, oh, look at that piece of junk, and you go, you get it off the side of the road, and then you take it home and you scrape it down and go like, well, that's ugly. Wow. Yeah. And that and that leg is totally broke, you know, but but you ha- then you throw it away and start over. But and that's with any of these DIY, you know, you do DIY home improvement. And go, wow, that's awful. Let's redo that. Well, the problem is with an estate plan thing, you know, you've passed away. And then the persons that are going to be noticing that it was not done properly are the your survivors. And, you know, this with this big mess. And that's what I've seen in 
you know, in 30 plus years of doing this, the, the do it yourself stuff, some, it's just a mess sometimes. You know, things are written backwards. There's a, a misunderstanding of what happens. They don't comply with legal requirements. And then the, the purpose of it is defeated. Mm. And that's what, you know, so like, for example, there was a, um, we ran into a situation. This was an actual situation in my practice. Um, and I'll switch, I'll switch the facts enough. So, Anyways, so I'm not disclosing any right. confidentiality and stuff right. like that. But the, the thing is that this um, this guy had come to me and he said, well, um, my my mom left a house to um, the six of us siblings. And and here's how she did it. And he hands me this deed. And the deed says that mom quit claim deeded the house from her to and then names her six children. And it's all with writer survivorship. Mom passes away. So now you have this deed that has six names on it. So the kids, each owed one sixth of it. The kids lived in five different states. So to, they, they weren't going to own it together. They were trying to figure out who can buy it, you know, and well, you only inherited one sixth of it. How are you going to finance the other part when you right. don't even own the house? Yeah, right. That gets, you know, problematic. But what it ended up happening is we, to sell the house, we, got somebody to sell the house. We put it in escrow. Um, we had all the kids agree that, you know, one of the kids could be the, the authority figure. Escrow didn't like that. They said, no, we need everybody to sign everything. Ugh. So we're having six signatures. And then to get the deed, we had to get it notarized. And it was in five different states. And two of them needed notaries and witnesses. And like another one needed a jurat. So we basically are used, going under the laws in five different states. Wow. It took nine months to clear the title. Wow. Nine months to clear a title. Nine months because... It sounds it so like, simple, yeah. though. It sounds so simple. I'm just going to leave it to, uh, right. you know, my six kids can share it. But you have... So you have this deed that has six signatures and the signatures all have different notary stamps because they're in different states. And some of the states will go, oh, well, we can't notarize the document that already has a notarized signature. It's like, what? So we, it was a nightmare. It was just wow. crazy. We're trying, yeah. But, you know, try, and the thing is they said, well, yeah, mom hated lawyers and she wanted to avoid it. And she told us she found out a way to do it. She didn't need, you know, she didn't need to get a trust or deal with lawyers. She figured out a way to do it and she got this deed created and it was, it was a mess. And sometimes, it sounds good, but when you die and leave the mess, mm-hmm. it just makes people mad. And I just, I think after you pass away, the less mess you leave, the better. Well, yeah. And, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, it, and if your, if your goal is to do something for your kids, then that means that you love your kids. And then the last thing that you should be doing is dumping a mess on your kids by not properly right. handling your business. And mm-hmm. that's your job to do that as a parent, whether or not your children are underage or whether or not they're adults. It's also your job as, as a spouse to make sure and the spouses together to make sure that you've got everything buttoned up because very rarely or the majority of time, one spouse, they, most spouses don't die together, right? I don't know the stats. Right. Um, but whether it's, you know, in the situation of Twitch or just, you know, normal or whatever, I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's your job. That's part of your, that's as much your responsibility as a human being, as a parent, relative, sister, aunt, whatever, parent, because, you know, some people have fr- families can take on different forms. This is as much your responsibility as, as it is to pay any, to pay your bills on time, to show up to work on time. This is a critical life responsibility that people just don't want to deal with. And I get the intimidation by attorneys. That's one of the reasons why I wanted you to do the show, because I want to demystify. I want to, attorneys are scary. You get that, Mm -hmm. right? Of course. Yeah. 
And that's, I mean, we've, we've, we've worked really hard to feel like, you know, make people feel like we're scary people because people think, you know, oh, I'm getting an attorney and intimidate somebody. So I want somebody that's really mean and nasty. But, mm-hmm. you know, some of us don't do that kind of thing. And with estate planning, it's inappropriate. So I just, yeah, I, I, I just, you know, my, my plea to people is that they get it done right. You know, if you're going to learn how to do it and do all the research ahead of time, that's fine. But when you've got a guy like me that can do it, it's not as expensive. It's not as hard. It's not, you know, it's not as hard for you as you think it is when you get a professional like my firm to get it taken care of. Well, not to mention you that know, and, the fact that, you know, um, people, they do, one, one of the reasons why they fear attorneys is they fear that they're going to be overcharged. It's going to cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. Well, think about the expense you're dumping on your kids for nine months and mm-hmm. dealing with one deed, right? Let's talk briefly, quickly yeah. about these, um, these sites where you can go online and create yourself um, wills and trusts. I'm thinking of one site in particular. I don't see any commercials for it anymore. I'm not legal zoom. I'm not even sure if it's around anymore. Um, that's kind of oh, yeah. a hybrid uh, DIY situation, but you're still doing it yourself. You're still doing it yourself. And what you're not sure of is whether you got it right. Yes. You may be able to put together a trust. And what I've seen is, um, you know, somebody did it themselves and they didn't, they didn't understand the terminology. So they just went and changed it. I mean, I, Andrea, I will have people that will do that to my trust. I mean, I have this trust that I know works. It's been tested for years and years and we update it all the time and it's updated latest, greatest. And I've had people come in and say, no, this paragraph isn't right. It should say this and this. I go, no, you're actually not correct. That paragraph is exactly what it's supposed to say. There's some legal terminology in there. Well, that doesn't make sense. That's the past tense and that's the present participle. I said, I don't care. This is what it's supposed to say. So some people will argue with me mm-hmm. over what I know is absolutely, I know is correct, but they don't like the wording and right. they want to switch. I said, no, that wording is in there because here's the four different challenges you're going to run into. Oh, okay. Didn't understand right. that. And then they get the terms backwards because you have terms like trustee, trustor, yeah. successor trustee, co-trustor, and, you, and set law, and you run into these different things and people go, what on earth? We use all these dumb terms that some of them are ancient. I mean, some of them are, you know, 100-year-old terms. Some of them are relatively new. But you can't just put it in English. That'd be like trying to write the scriptures in English. Well, it's one There's th- a reason right. they're written like they are. Well, I don't understand why anybody would question question you on that, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. if I'm going to hire an attorney, particularly one, you know, as esteemed as you, I'm not going to question your language you put in a trust. <laughs> um, but that's just, no, don't fight with me. <laughs> right. <job. laughs> All right. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. 855 855- 500 trust. 855-500. Yeah, look, leave the DIY project to putting on some new, you know, door drawer pulls onto your cabinet in your kitchen, okay? That yeah. that should be the extent of your DIY, not your estate planning. Is that the moral of the story tonight, Gary Quackenbush? That is the moral of the story. <laughs> let it be let me get it right. I'm insured. I've done it forever. You know, if I get it wrong, I've got insurance to cover. If you get it wrong, your family is just stuck. Absolutely. Well, listen, I hope yeah. you have the very merriest of Christmases. Thank you. You too, Andrew Kay. Have a great Christmas. Thank you for everything you're doing to give us the right, the news that we need, man. This is awesome. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Talk at you soon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. Now I'm going to talk at the rest of y'all soon because you're going to, you're going to go get a little something to drink and I'm going to continue to sip my iced coffee and I will see you on the other side of the break. Don't go away. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, 
Don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I have the best listeners. Got an email um, asking if I had heard about this. I have not. It was the Stanford University's, I should save this to talk about with Bob Walters, but it's too stupid. It's just too monumentally moronic. I have to share this with you guys. The Guide to Eliminate Harmful Language. Are you ready for this, Skins? Sure. <laughs> okay. He's like, sure. He, he knows it's going to be so stupid. Okay. I'm just and, tired of the stupid. Well, we'll get ready for this. Instead of American, what do you think they want uh, the students to use? I don't know, but they're Americans. Yeah. U.S. citizen. It's actually really annoying because they don't – this is about – I mean, isn't it obvious that this is about destroying uh, – at the same time that you have these lefties accusing I, – I don't even know if you heard this story. Um, the, the cultural Marxists are doing everything they can to destroy the American culture. Meanwhile, they accuse uh, – they accuse – Americans of cultural appropriations, like your kid can't wear, you know, an American Indian, you know, costume on Halloween, right? Did you hear that some movie critic accused Avatar of cultural appropriation by having blue people? Well, and it figures because Avatar, uh, the first one, I'm I'm never going to see the second one. It's very, it's, it's a little woke. So you know what? can't please everybody well i mean how how was a blue how was a blue person cultural appropriation of what there are no blue people uh, right they're saying that this person and she got completely destroyed after tweeting this but she's saying that these the the blue characters are are an attempt to be people of color no it's not <laughs> but uh, uh, getting back to this so they don't want you to use the word american the word american at stanford university is considered harmful language because i want to sign up and go to stanford just to use the word american so anybody can come here and say they're italian anybody can come here and say they're mexican and on cinco de mayo you better not have a kid wearing Amer- wearing anything with american flag on it in a public school but american is evidently harmful language Oh, gosh. The next one. <laughs> oh, there's more? <laughs> I thought that was it. No, no, no. It gets better. Bra- instead of brown bag. <laughs> instead of brown bag, use lunch and learn. <laughs> Skins is <laughs> Oh, you're going to love the next one. Come back. Come back into the booth. You're going to love this next one. These next two are even more fun. Instead of saying you guys. I just can't do this. <laughs> instead of saying you guys, you have to use folks or people. Folks. Or people. Instead of you guys. Why can you not say you guys? This is that's I think a- saying people is actually kind of rude. Right? Yeah. It, you it, people. How is you guys harmful? How, explain to me, Stanford. This is isn't Stanford supposed to be one of the Ivies? That's what they're supposed to be. No wonder Hillary Clinton got in there. This is this is the school for stupid, right? That's what we got going on and here. The, one the more brown bag one what? still just baffles me. <laughs> this next one, you're gonna love this next one. Killing two birds with one stone should be what? What should you use instead? Because it's harmful to say killing two birds with one stone. First of all, how is that harmful? Do we no not? No birds were harmed in the saying of that <laughs> phrase anywhere. Okay, what should you use instead of killing two birds with one stone? 
Accomplishing two things at once. Oh, very formal. Consider yourself schooled. Don't you? I don't want to ever hear you use the term brown bag. Okay. I want to hear you say, I don't say I'm brown bagging it today. You say I'm lunch and learning it today. Lunch and this learn. This is like ridiculous. Oh my gosh, dying here. Absolutely dying. I needed to laugh because I didn't really want to have to get into this next story. In addition to <laughs> these woke, high IQ, stupid people, they're easy to recognize. <laughs> they go to Stanford. <laughs> they hate George Washington. Uh huh. They hate Thomas Jefferson. They and, hate Dr. Zeus, and they hate Mr. Potato Head. And they all went to Stanford. And they all went to Stanford. And they have Stanford degrees. <laughs> oh. Guess what else was a part of the great omnibus spending, $2 trillion spending bill that the GOP signed on to? Guess what was a part of that? Something mm-hmm. we don't need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This won't cost us money, but it will cost us our future in our elections. <clears throat> oh, I know where you're going. This is today. I found this little nugget. The bipartisan electoral count act today. Guess who signed on to the electoral count reform? Supposed uh, libertarian Rand Paul. Listen, I've been saying that Rand Paul was a phony for a while. I've been calling him out. With his Trey Gowdy moves, trying to act like he's tough on Fauci, when the only thing he wants to hit Fauci on is about Fauci uh, gain of function and the origins of the SARS-CoV-2. And look, that is important. We need to, the taxpayer money should not be funded to uh, use to fund bioweapons, which to me is, is the only purpose for why you would take a virus and mutate it to make it deadly, right? It's the only purpose for it. But the real issue, the most important issue, because there will always be viruses that kill people, whether they're manufactured in a lab or not. The real issue was how it was exploited for power in this country. And Rand Paul never went there. Never went there. He didn't call out Fauci for killing people by denying therapeutics. He's pushing the vaccines as vaccines when they're nothing but clot shots. And he's a doctor. Supposedly, I don't know when the last time Rand Paul put a stethoscope on anybody, but he's been a phony and I've been calling him out for that. <clears throat> Today, he exposed the real deal in spite of the fact that he pinned to the top of his Twitter fo- profile with a big pic of four th- the 4,000 page omnibus bill. Um, uh, he also signed off on the electoral count reform and doing his best imitation of a Democrat went on to try to persuade the American people, that not unlike the Democrats saying that Obamacare was the Affordable Care Act when it was neither affordable and had nothing to do with health care, the Electoral uh, Count Reform Act doesn't have anything more to do with protecting the Electoral College than the, uh, the COVID shots actually stop anybody from getting COVID and, and keeping anybody safe. This is not about... Rand Paul's trying to pretend that this protects the Electoral College. But here's what he said. And, and, uh, and what the Electoral, he, he's trying to claim that this Electoral Count reform will ensure by keeping, uh, putting power at the states, 
let me back up because it gets really in the weeds. We all let me let me take you back to January 6, twenty twenty one, where we had uh, we had a process that was taking place that was constitutional, and it had and the moment in which the barricades were pulled back with the Capitol Police. I've talked about this many times. Ted Cruz was joining with a member of the House to to uh, to stop the count the electoral college uh, count for a particular state. This has been done many, many, and attempted many, many, many times in the past by Democrats. And at no point did any Republican or any Democrat come forth with a plan to try to stop that from taking place going forward. Why did they try to stop it now? Because this time it was likely to work. This time they were likely to have enough senators join together with representatives of the House and actually stop the counting of electoral votes from key states and stopping Joe Biden from being certified as president as the winner of a presidential election that was stolen. The next step was to be. Which and you can argue and you can debate whether or not. Mike Pence had the right as as vice president. The tiebreaker of the Senate had the right to send the electoral votes back to the states pending review of what happened. But there, which you, but you cannot justify to me that the Republican Party, you, can, you cannot convince me that this electoral count reform is going to preserve the electoral college going forward. Rand Paul is pretending that if the Republican Party doesn't go along with the electoral account reform, which would make for it forever impossible for that process to ever take place again, a process that's constitutional, there is a system that was put in place. First, we've got the Electoral College, and I don't have to educate you guys on, on what that is. The purpose of the Electoral College, where each state gets so many, so many votes, depending uh, on electoral votes, was meant to make sure that we didn't have large metropolitan areas and large states deciding all the outcome of our elections. And there was also that policy, that, that procedure in place for uh, what was taking place on the day of January 6th. They were Ran- in process. They were in process. Here's what Rand Paul said today. Recent elections uncovered defects in Congress's interaction with the Electoral College, he said. Federal law currently leaves ambiguous the role of the vice president in counting electoral votes and allows an incredibly low threshold, just one member of the House and Senate to object to a state's election results. Why is that a problem? If it's ambiguous, why do you want to stop a vice president? If you need to err, if something's ambiguous, you need to err on the side of caution and not rushing to certify an election when there are clear, valid issues with that election. An incredibly low threshold. There should be a low threshold. And by the way, this low threshold evidently isn't that low because in 2016 when Jamie Raskin from the January 6th committee came down the stairs trying to stop one state's electoral votes from being counted, it didn't work. It's never worked. So it's not that low of a threshold. So what this is ultimately about is it's about stopping. It's about denying a process that should be in place to protect our election integrity. And instead, Rand Paul is joining in with the Democrats to make it even harder for us to fight back when an election has been stolen. Shame on Rand Paul. Shame on him for trying to lie to the American people, for him to try to play games with wordage, for him to try to play games with the minds of, of Americans and manipulate them into thinking this is actually preservation of our, of our election integrity. What a lying sack you are, man. He says that 
that uh, that it, it what happened, and he's referencing January 6th, it culminated in a mob disrupting the joint session of Congress to certify the presidential election. At the time, I wrote that a vote to er- overturn the election would doom the Electoral College forever. Then you are a fool. That did not doom the Electoral College forever. It's bad enough that the Republican Party has done nothing Going back to Nixon when he fell on his sword for the good of the country allowed JFK to steal the election. Everybody's talking today. Steve Bannon said today, and I'll leave you with this. Three times uh, the, the country has controlled the outcome of elections. First, he said they killed JFK. Then he said they, they forced Nixon to resign. Then they said they stole the election. Well, you know, I don't know if you believe that JFK was killed by the CIA or not, uh, but Nixon actually killed his own campaign and stopped himself from becoming president and gave it to JFK, who stole it in the first place. JFK was, quite frankly, an illegitimate president, regardless of how he died. Going to take a break when I come back. Updates on uh, the uh, Twitter files. Also, a couple of interesting stories. What uh, major celebrity, if you will, controversial conservative figure was actually spotted laying wreaths at Arlington Cemetery over the weekend. We'll share that story with you when we come back. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Okay, welcome back. Let's have some fun, shall we? Let's let's switch gears. I saw this story during the break, and I just love this so, so much. Um, Skins hadn't heard this story before, and I hadn't either. I, evidently, this happened yesterday. It was reported yesterday. So there was an office party. I think that the game is called White Elephant, where everybody brings a little something. There's like a limit to how much the gift can cost, usually 20 25 bucks, And then people steal. You know how the game goes, and people, you know. Yeah, uh, my family does it pretty much every year. All right, cool. So, um, so this woman, her name is Lori James. She was at the office Christmas party, and at first she was she had her eye on a $25 gift card that a co-worker stole because you know how it works, um, and you, I think you can steal up to like three times or something. So she picked a pair of lottery tickets instead and started scratching off. The first one, she won... Uh, fifty dollars on the first ticket. So then she started to, you know, scratch off on the the. Um, I don't know if it was a scratch or what. Um, but then she proceeded to hit all fifteen spots on the ten dollar hit the jackpot ticket. Guess how much she won, Skins? I'm going to guess it's a lot of money. One hundred and seventy five thousand. Uh, that's a great white elephant. Can you imagine? The interesting, and she says everyone was going insane. People were getting their calculators out and double checking. A couple of people even scanned the ticket on the lotteries app just to make sure. Um, there's pictures of her. Of course, she's just super excited. So cute. Um, she says we, um, her husband said we figured she didn't look at it right. <laughs> um, so after taxes, she's getting $124,250, and she says it would now go to paying off her daughter's student and car loans. Um, so at first, I was all excited. Then I got to the end, and Uh-oh. here's, well, here's my question. Do you think she should have shared it? You know what? This is the way I look at it. I mean, I've never won anything like that. I don't play, so, but if I did, 
That would be up to me whether I thought I wanted to share it or not. I don't think you can blame somebody for wanting to do whatever they want with it, even if it doesn't involve sharing it. Maybe they want to save it all. Well, what do you guys think? 888-344-1170? Knowing myself, I probably would give some to family and and help out. I mean the people at the party. pretty much at the winner's discretion. I I mean the people at the party. Everybody else is getting a $25 gift card and you're walking away with 175 k hey, you had the opportunity. The way most white elephants work, someone probably had the opportunity to steal it from that person and they chose not to. I, that's not even my... I'm thinking bigger picture. You're sitting there with some people. We, we got an inflation problem in this country. I don't know where this party was at, but I'm thinking there's some people sitting there, went home crying because they're not sure they can pay the rent right now. And this this chica walked away with 175 k Hey, white elephant is hit and miss. What do you guys think? 888-344-1170. Anybody? And you can call in anonymously, by the way. <laughs> you don't have to give your name. I think it's I think it's one of these cultural things to think about, you know, because I don't know that I could walk out of that party with $175,000 and not want to give at least well, some of it. Well, this also goes back to what another well, me, conversation we've already had, Andrea, which is, okay, let's say you are the one that won at that white elephant party. Do you even let the people at the party know that you won? I probably would not have, have looked to see if I had winners at the party. Wait until you get home. Wait until you get home. Because if I'm going to look, and this is this goes back to my rule no, that I don't I, tell I w- anybody. I think I'm going to agree with what you're about to say. If I'm going to look at the party and everybody saw, sees that I won, yeah, you know what? At that point... Maybe you are a little obligated. I think, I yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, I think it would be the right thing to do. If you don't want to share it in front of people that are sitting there, um, then privacy don't, of your own home. Wait until you get home. My general rule is that I would never tell anybody. This is one of the reasons why I wouldn't look at it because I never. Uh, my exactly. plan is is that I would never tell anybody if I won the lottery because people are resentful and they're hurt if you don't share it. So if you're so either you if you're going to be public about it then I think there is an expectation you share it, particularly in these circumstances. And if you're not going to share it, then don't 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 be bragging, in other words. Hey, look what I got. Yeah, I got 175000 and you're not going to offer it to anybody when times are tough right now. Unless you're sitting there at a country club where you know that everybody at that party uh, you know, is is going to be getting in a Maybach well, Benz and driving home. Ele- I mean, usually the, the purpose of, Andrea, of White Elephant is and my family's not excluded. Hey, we we know times are, t- are tough. And, you know, we want to spend what we're going to spend mostly on certain individuals of the family, kids most specifically. And but you'd still want to give to the rest of the family. So what do you do? You make the family decision. The rest of the gifts are going to be white elephant. I just think it's really untoward to be waving yeah. around one hundred seventy five thousand dollars in front of a bunch Almost of people. Bragging. Yeah, in front of a bunch of people where you know somebody went home with a bar of soap. You know, because let me tell you, some some of these white elephant gifts are because because it's supposed to just be fun and kitschy um a a lot of times the gifts are really bad so i just think she should have shared it or not not found out whether or not she won in front of people so now giving that piece of information that she actually you know was letting people know at the party i I agree with you yep so all right glad you agree glad i was able to persuade you over to my side we're going to take a break (laughs) and we're going to talk shark shall we does Steven Spielberg owe an apology? Show. Does Steven Spielberg owe an apology to the sharks out there? Well, maybe he wants to pull his apology back. Why would he apologize? And maybe he needs to retract his apology after what happened in Maui today. Let's talk about that when we come back.
Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show. Yes. Um jaws. So Steven Spielberg apparently is uh apologizing to the shark population. Say what? Yeah, because of the movie Jaws. I, that's all I can share with you on that. That's how insane it is. Um, there's absolutely no fall, fallout for sharks after a movie that aired decades ago. Meanwhile, there was a woman who was killed by a shark off of a tiger shark off the, the shores of Maui today. So Steven Spielberg, stick to making movies, okay? And shut up. Okay, go back to what you do. I want to read a couple comments, by the way, um, from listeners. You're going to like this. Um, I'm with skins, hit or miss, no whiners on the lottery story by the way. Um, then she goes on to say, uh, same listener email back, not fair to assume the big winner didn't bless others. She said clearly that she was do- using the money to pay off her daughter's um, school student Which loans nice. and, her, uh, and her daughter's car loans. So she is blessing uh, her daughter. My point was st- strictly the co-workers that she revealed in front of a $175,000 win. I just think it was bad manners. I think, it, it, you know, I would not have a problem with her keeping every dime door I, I think we can assume she's not sharing it with the co-workers when she said she's not sharing when she said how she was spending it and it wasn't on the co-workers um, and I just think it was bad manners I, th- I would not have had a problem or, or even question it if she had um, revealed it at home not at the party what would have hurt her to maybe throw a couple hundred bucks to each you know for winning that amount of money yeah. she didn't have to give that much right alright something you quickly wanted to say about Steven Spielberg and the Sharks uh, pretty much just what we just covered. It's it's like, dude, you made a movie. You made it in the seventies. It was a great movie, and it had nothing to do with you know what has happened to the shark population over the last thirty years. Give it a rest. Yeah, it's kind of like, has he gone mental? Is he gone Joe Biden dementia? I, I mean, where's yeah, I, just, this I, I think he's got very liberal views and stick to making movies, my man. Look, when you're sympathizing with sharks forty years later, and you're concerned, go go go. Take a walk, man. Breathe some fresh air. <laughs> I love you, but come on. Yeah. All right. We love you guys so much that we'll see you right back to me here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.